Hello everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 9, issue 423, and today we're going to talk about Batman Arkham Knight. And joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue are Brian Edwards. Hello. Edward Nigma. <laughs> James the Joker Carter. Uh, thanks. Hi. <laughs> and um, Thomas Wayne Quillfelt. I am Batman. Oh. Okay, <laughs> that's a twist on the story. So yeah, uh, I want to offer up a spoiler warning, not only for this game, but also for its two or three predecessors. We've covered all of those in the Kane and Rinse podcast before. We covered Arkham Asylum way back in issue 101, followed it up with City in 105, and then much more recently covered the sort of spin-off prequel Canon, non-canon. I mean, the game refers to events within this, this game, I should say. The Rocksteady game refers to events that happened in Origins. So I guess that makes it canon. Uh, we covered that in issue 392. So yes, Rocksteady Studios, still the developer or returning as the developer in this case. London-based, I believe, Rocksteady. Guilford. Uh, yeah, certainly, oh, certainly England-based, okay. yeah. Not far from, yeah, London, yeah. the home counties. Uh, Warner Brothers, the publisher, more about them later on. And the director remains for the series Sefton Hill. He even makes a little cameo in the opening scene in the diner. Yeah. I guess the most notable change of personnel on this game is the fact that the writer, the legendary Paul Dini, who is responsible for so many Batman stories on the TV, animated series and so on and so forth, and Arkham's Asylum and City was not involved in this project. Instead, the lead writer, I believe, along with uh, Sefton Hill, is one Martin Lancaster, whose previous credits, uh, perhaps most prominently, are Crisis 2 and Crisis 3. Hmm. Hmm. The composers uh, remain Nick Arundel and David Buckley, and this was made on Unreal Engine 3 because it's that old. It came out on June 23rd, which was the same date internationally as Tim Burton's Batman 1989 came out in 1989. 2015, five years ago, and it came out on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And there was also a PC version. Hmm. Was there? <laughs> yeah. So there certainly I, is now. There is a PC version now. Yeah, right. So it was, I understand it was a mess, mm. but I didn't, uh, I, I didn't even consider getting this on PC at the time just because uh, I just felt like I'd carry on playing the series on a console. Mm. I was still rocking an older graphics card at that point anyway. And then the reports came out that yeah. it was all over the shop. Now, as I understand it, it was as much as anything that it was just woefully unoptimized so you needed a beast of a rig to be able to run it was yeah. it also bugged and crashy and things like that was it oh, just yeah. right okay yeah I, so on all almost well pretty much unplayable for some people at first um, at yeah, least yeah yeah, yeah yeah initially yeah so what's interesting now is they gave it away this was on the epic game store wasn't it as part yes, of their yeah, yeah. batman giveaway and I've been watching some footage of this game in preparation for this podcast, mm. and I don't know how finished, bug-free, patched up, or modded it was, but I've watched some footage of the PC version of this, and it now looks absolutely stunning, like way better than the, the console versions. 
if you've got the rig, presumably you can run it at, I don't know what, what its top resolution is, whether it goes above 1440 or whether it goes up to 4K, but it, you can run it in 60 frames a second. And it's got all the extra bells and whistles of lighting and environmental and particle effects and all this kind of thing. So now it seems like if you had the machine to run it, maybe it's the optimal way to play it even. But it wasn't at the time. Chaos 9001 from the forum says, my only exposure to this game was the PC port. I bought this game on a sale and had to let it sit in my Steam account until I could build a machine that would be able to handle this mess of a port. It's one of the games that shows how PC players can sometimes get the short end of the stick for games at launch. Uh, the reviews were good overall on average. Open Critic has an average of 86% with 81% of critics recommending the game from 107 published reviews. But it is worth saying that Arkham City in particular, after Arkham Asylum had kind of crept up on people and would a bit of a, a bit of a surprise hit yeah. critically and commercially, City came out and was one of the best reviewed games of that entire generation, I think, uh, in the certainly in the top sort of five or ten. Um, and so this was a bit of a dip review scores wise compared to Arkham City. We'll get into why we think that might be. User reviews wise, we have a bit of a difference of opinion as well between the gamers and the people who rate games on IMDb. The reason I use the latter is because I think it is sometimes an interesting uh, look at perhaps what a slightly different audience uh, makes of a game like this, but also they get huge numbers. So on Push Square, a PlayStation site, we've got 82 reviewers from the community who have given it an average of 8.2 out of 10 whereas 13,341 people have reviewed it on the IMDb and the average score is 9.0 out of 10. Yeah. This is kind of during peak Batman time too for mm -hmm. like pop culture wise. The I mean, sure. Nolan trilogy had just wrapped up in preparation for the, the new kind of Batman films coming up so mm -hmm. it wouldn't surprise me much like the Spider-Man game uh, on PS4 if there was a lot of bleed over from like well I don't play a lot of video games but I play Madden and the Batman games or, you know, whatever. So, yeah. uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see that pop culture bleed over there. It, it is always yeah. surprising just how many people do rate. It has to be one of those. They already rate stuff they watch on IMDb. And then when they go on, they just happen to put on the games they play yeah. as well, I, I guess, because mm -hmm. that wouldn't be my first port of call to go to discuss no. a game that I was playing mm -hmm. by any stretch. No, I use it. It's a very useful resource uh, for us, for yeah. voice artists, and they also have quite a good trivia section, which we'll be Soundtrack hearing from. Soundtrack sometimes, but good information. Yeah, sure. Uh, anyway, the game sold, well, in its first few months, really, in October 2015, they reported that it had sold over 5 million. As always, we're five years further down the line. The game's been sold digitally in ridiculous sales on both Xbox and PlayStation and given away on PC. So what the actual uh, base of potential players of this game is no doubt much, much higher than the 5 million that oh, yeah. it was. So what are our histories with this game in terms of how we played it? We know James played it on PC. I suppose also for those who don't remember or haven't listened to our earlier podcasts with the Arkham series mm. and also what's your relationship with Batman? I guess what I really want to find out is which one of you edgelords has a Joker avatar on your 4chan profile? <laughs> I have to leave. Um, I've got stuff going on someplace else. So I got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, obviously, as you all know, I have a ha 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 tattoo on my forehead. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, it's just on your forehead. 
So, uh, in terms of this series in particular, I'll start there. I played all of the games, I'm pretty sure, exactly when they came out at launch. From Asylum through City, uh, I was on the City recording for Kane Rinse for sure. And um, Origins, if you go back and listen to issue 392, you'll see I was on there. That's a particular favourite of mine. I, I really rate uh, Origins, including Origins Blackgate. I've also played um, the uh, Assault on Arkham um, animation uh, animated film. I watched in prep for that, and I've not gone into some of the spin-off comics or anything like that, but I've mm. I've enjoyed this series um, throughout. Uh, Batman-wise, um, as mentioned, uh, this series kind of uh, weaves in and out of the Nolan films quite nicely, although this one's obviously on the fringes of that. This is a few years after um, Dark Knight Rises had come out and kind of sits between the... Uh, Nolan and Snyder universes, uh, mm-hmm. film wise. But I, I've watched all of the Batman films uh, generally in the cinema. Um, Eighty nine, probably not because I was seven. <laughs> uh, but it was a twelve, of course, famously. Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah, I wouldn't want to watch that at seven. I don't think that would have disturbed me then. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I I I will admit to having a changing relationship towards the character in the years since the Nolan trilogy has wrapped. My feelings towards Batman as a character have definitely shifted. Uh, In 2008, when Dark Knight came out, I went to the cinema to see that five times, multiple times Mm -hmm. in IMAX. Just was all over that uh, thing. Uh, For this game, I played on PS4 at launch over a couple of weeks, 24th June to 6th of July, are the dates. I had to pull that from my old PSN profile because I switched in 2016. Oh, yeah. Um and then for this show I went back uh a week ago and started the PC version and played through as much of the game as I could get through in a week, which will surprise no one to say it wasn't all of it. It's a big game. Mm-hmm. It is. A chunky fellow. Mm. Brian, how about you and the bat? I've loved Batman ever since I was a kid. But I'm James and I uh, track very similar time wise. I, I was I was also seven when the eighty nine movie mm-hmm. came out. Um, my parents um, were obviously a little bit less cautious than James's because I had a brother who was five years older than me, and we mm-hmm. all went to the theater to see Batman. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. um, so I saw nice. it when I was seven. Uh, but at least that's what they tell me. I don't really remember that much of it. Um, but but yeah, I've been a big fan ever since. Um, I, I I read significant amount of the comics when I was younger. Um, mm. uh, I was a big fan of the Killing Joke in high school and things like that. Um, not yes. not no Edge surprise. Rule. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> classic me. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> the funny thing about it is that I, I I Arkham Asylum really snuck up on me much as it did everybody else. Um, mm. uh, Arkham. It was one of those moments that I just remember, like, and you have you have a bunch of these over the course of time if you play a lot of video games, where you just like, where where you just are playing something, and you feel like, oh, somebody finally got this right, and that's the way I felt about Arkham Asylum. Like, oh, they yeah. absolutely nailed everything mm-hmm. I love about this character, the everything I love about the lore, everything I love about video games, everything together. And me personally, I thought it only got better as we went on the city. Um, I it, not to, not speaking in hyperbole, but it's when we talk about in that generation. Um, I think I think Arkham City can be talked about with in the same conversations of of like Mass Effect Two of games that completely improve on the on the previous experience and do things to elevate the entire genre, to elevate the entire medium. I love Arkham City, and uh, so naturally I was a day one for Arkham Knight. Um, 
I played through on PS4. That was a console I had at the time. Um, I uh, played through, it was over the course of about two and a half weeks, um, got to Nightfall and all the things we'll talk about later. And then, um, and if anybody has listened to the Bloodstained podcast recently, they will understand this reference. Um, I bought Arkham Knight on Xbox because it was on sale um, in roughly January of this year, knowing that we would have the podcast coming up on it. And a, roughly a month later, it was on Game Pass. So um, if I buy a game, it will end up on Game Pass, just so you know. Um <laughs> And yeah, so I've been playing through the Xbox One X version um, over the course of the last two or three weeks. Yeah, we're saying it has been a PlayStation Plus game as well as a Game Pass game and a freebie on PC. So many ways to play. Uh, Tom, how about you and the Caped Crusader? So uh, I'm definitely a long-term fan of Batman. I would have only been four in 1989 but I can remember really, uh, yeah, I can remember watching it at some point, um, but really looking forward to receiving Batman Returns on VHS for Christmas and even yeah. sneaking into my parents' cupboard to kind of just look at the box. Um, <laughs> and, I, and actually, I think Batman Returns is probably my anchor point um, for much of my youth, of, uh, even though people pan that film now. Uh, for being, some do. Not everyone does. Very, very silly, but I love the, you know, the Christmas stuff yep. and uh, Christopher Walken and the vibe of it. Mm. High uh, camp, gothic, atmospheric, a bit yeah. overwrought and yeah. Yeah, fraught yeah. and some very, very clunky <laughs> dialogue at points. But I, yeah, I have, I have a huge affection for that film. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's funny because I think when we're summing up this game, it, it could have used some of that uh, humour. But um, yeah, absolutely loved uh, Christopher Nolan's, uh, loved The Dark Knight. Batman Begins is is fine, but it's The Dark Knight is is you know, really grabbed me at the time. And I thought, oh my God, this is the best film ever made. And um, sadly, uh, it sent me off into a kind of collecting some of the more, uh, being a dilettante, I'd say, for the comic book. So I collected Dark Knight Returns, Long Halloween, Nightfall, Year One, Killing Joke, all the obvious ones that you'd Google a list of 10, you know, runs of Batman to to check out and watching the animated series and stuff. So I sort of, the Dark Knight film reanimated my my love of the character. Um, yeah, again, like everyone, Arkham Asylum slept on it for a while, maybe even a year, and then and then finally uh, played it and, and really liked it. And like Brian, uh, Arkham City was the one for me. Like I really loved that game. I don't think I uh, got it day one, but I've played it several. I think I've completed it three or four times since. It might be my most returned to game of that generation, actually. And a couple of years ago, I just sort of needed a comfort game and bought the Return to Arkham uh, remaster just to just to play it again with uh, with uh, slightly prettier graphics. Uh, and really, really, really loved it. I did play Origins at some point. It was all right. <laughs> uh, and uh, I couldn't resist Arkham Knight at launch. Um, I remember playing it, but I'm not really a completionist, so I wouldn't have got all the riddler trophies or anything like that i think i would have just done a lot of the game and then finished you know got seen the endings i was going to see and then call it a day and then for this recording uh, i raced through uh final fantasy 7 remake um so i could start this i only got i, I have got quite limited gaming time at the moment so i only got about 35 percent into uh arkham knight this playthrough um both of them on ps4 I haven't owned a gaming PC f- since Half-Life 2 and I because I just could not be fussed so 
So I'm just a console guy. I just shove the disc in. Um, oh, and I also checked out the Batgirl DLC one evening uh, in the last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I was obsessed with Batman as a small child based on the Adam West series. Uh, I didn't... Re- I didn't realise it was a camp comedy. I just thought it was awesome. Uh, and then when I watched it again later, I realised it was also awesome and hilarious. Um, so I wasn't, I, I kind of missed the 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 moody years. I, I was aware of, of the the graphic novels and, and, the, and then the Tim Burton film that kind of came in the wake of that. Um, and I did see it at some point, but it was actually Batman Returns that got me back to the cinema and it was the animated series at home mm. that kind of uh, reignited my interest in Batman. But yeah, never quite as much as when I went to a Silver Jubilee fancy dress party in 1977 in my little Batman costume mm-hmm. with sewn on ears and a pair of ladies tights and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. That's um, awesome. Oh, I used, to, I used <laughs> to have a... Yeah, no, now I'm, I'm getting weird deja vu here. I used to have a full uh, Tim Burton costume. I wore that quite a lot, and I remember it had like wow. that the six pack abs printed on the front, and I was <laughs> they like, "They didn't make oh, those maybe, when I was maybe little." Maybe one day I'll have those in real life. <laughs> I had, I had, I had a jumper or something uh, with a bat symbol that my mum made on it. I realise also I said ladies' tights there, which is uh, quite uh, old fashioned and non PC of me. But back in 1977, they very much would have been considered ladies' tights. Um, yeah, and I, uh, I've played obviously a number of the Batman games over the years, missed quite a few as well, including Origins, but I played Asylum and City both as and when they came out. And this I bought almost when it was new. I, but I have some regrets because it was, uh, it was a, I got a 50 pound, uh, game voucher from my in-laws from my birthday that year when the game was still pretty new. And I went and, and bought this with it and uh, and then I just didn't get around to playing it. Mm. So it was a bit of a waste of a present. That I, I still have some residual guilt, but uh, but I have now finally played it. Obviously, I could have bought the game many times over for that £50 since then. And uh, and yeah, Game Pass and PS Plus. But I decided because I bought it on PS4 back in 2015, I decided to play it on PS4 Pro for this show. I've been playing it all week, kind of hammering it and... I've completed well over 90% of the game now, but uh, but I still haven't got the, the proper, proper ending or even the se- semi-proper ending because, well, I'm just missing a few little bits and bobs here and there. We'll talk about how demanding it is to actually get a credits roll later on. Uh, but I have played a lot of hours of it. Blue Weasel Breath from the forum says, it struck me at several points during my 100% playthrough at how many gaming genres and traditions are thrown in here. We already accept this type of game as a combination of action brawler, dialogue and story-based adventure and exploratory platformer. But then you've got elements of puzzlers, pilot wings-esque flight sims, vehicular combat games, racers and so on. As somebody who has messed around with most genres since I started gaming in the 80s, I found Arkham Knight a welcome culmination of all these elements Mm. integrated into a single gaming experience. I fully understand why some people would come to an action adventure game and not want all these other elements in there. But for me, the game was loads of fun all the way through. That's that's a really brilliant point, because I was thinking of making the point later, making the joke later as some kind of criticism that, you know, oh, if you like burnout and you like yeah. shmups and you like portal and you like uh, uh, combat, um, we, have we got the Batman game for you as a kind mm. of snarky thing? But actually... That point is really brilliant that if you do like lots of different genres, um, this the, the variety on show here is uh, uh, is excellent. There is a lot to do of mm-hmm. everything for sure. 
whether it's whether they overreached or not, I guess we'll come to our own conclusions. But let's start with the the story side of things and the writing, the themes. And yeah, James has already alluded to it, but how do we feel about libertarian, violent, revenge <laughs> fantasy, Bruce Wayne, and playing as this anti-hero? So when I was a kid and I was playing as Batman, the, the Adam West Batman, yep. obviously I'd never thought about these things. And that depiction of Batman was a very different thing. We didn't consider things like how... Uh, mental health is depicted in the Batman story uh, in terms of both its villains and its heroes or anti-heroes. And we certainly didn't think about, you know, his relationship with the police and how they kind of let this guy basically take the law into his own hands. And the fact that he doesn't kill, but he's extraordinarily violent. There was one point in this game where one of the villains, and I think this was knowing from the writers, but th this is the villain saying this, not the writers. They describe Batman as a pacifist. If if Batman's a pacifist, um, I, I, it, it brought to mind the uh, the Princess Bride meme of the you you use that word, but I don't think it means what you think. It means. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Batman. Um, obviously, it is still one of the go. I've already joked about it, particularly among certain kinds of people. You still see, particularly the Joker, especially in the wake of the the the, the recent movie, which arguably isn't this Joker, but. Um, you see edgy young people, perhaps the kind of people that you might tar with a certain brush in cells or gamer gators kind of ally themselves with these characters and, and this sort of thing. So yeah, where I'm, I, I've got such, there are so many different Batmans and Batman and I haven't even really read all the comics and I haven't seen the recent movies or anything, but even without all that influence, there's so much Batman. I don't know whether Bob Kane had anything political in mind when he created him we know that stan lee did with x-men and things like this and yeah. and let me own let me not only credit stan lee because i know marvel fans <laughs> get furious stan lee and all the other people at marvel that came up with all those amazing characters they often were allegorical of uh things in the real world i don't know my history of batman is very you know like i i know the f maybe the basic facts but i don't know what the what the story behind it is, I don't know. I haven't thought too hard about Chris Nolan's politics in his Batman movies. Maybe you have, James. So, yeah, it's a weird one. I, I still, we've been re-watching Nolan films. We've literally uh, just watched Dark Knight last weekend. Um, I still really like that depiction of Batman. And I like that some of the people around him do point out what he's doing, do point out that it's not healthy, it's not good for him, and they stand by him but not by his actions. Mm-hmm. And I was a defender of Dark Knight Rises. I know a lot of people didn't like that film. I thought there was a lot in there that was interesting to see a city mm -hmm. tearing itself apart with poor people mm -hmm. rising up against the rich. Mm -hmm. Seems interesting. Mm -hmm. Maybe mm -hmm. think about that a bit. <laughs> Maybe even seven years later, it's still relevant. Who knows? But I cannot deny that over the past six, seven years, I have started to think more often than not that bad Batman in most versions I have seen, experienced, read, played of that character could quite easily be pitched as the bad guy TM. Like, literally, the bad guy. There's no two yeah. ways around it. He has the money and influence and uh, resources as Bruce Wayne to effect change in a far, far more impressive and uh, effective manner than which I think in most tellings he does also do, as well as sure. leaving people with life-changing injuries. I would argue in this series of games, not so much. 
there's very little talk of his academies or he rejects uh, the idea of being Bruce Wayne more often than not. He does, right. is completely una- unable to stop what's happening on a political level in his city, and his response to that, his his need <laughs> is to go out and punch people in the face. It, yes. the, yeah. No, that you're well, not it, solving a problem. You're exercising your own mental um, health problems and issues and your trauma and etc on people many of whom it's accepted in this game yes they're making choices to be part of criminal action but gotham is a city struggling where the poor people are struggling and the mm. game goes overboard to show that the criminals are the criminals and they are really 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 bad so it's okay you it's not okay to yeah. punch I mean, people in the it, face it's something that nolan <laughs> nolan deals with yeah. it in batman begins doesn't he because um Katie Holmes says to to Bruce, she sort of mm. says, "Oh, you're, is it his dad in that story has built, you know, various infrastructure and this train yeah. line, which is part of the story?" And she says, "Oh, it's all gone to pot since you left." And and so it, and it deals with poverty. I don't know that Arkham Knight touches on an under, you know, poverty or or, or that kind of thing at all. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the 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 biggest counterpoint or the thing I've watched since. The Dark Knight film, since Nolan's films, and alongside this is The Wire. You know, the first four seasons yep. of The Wire, where you see layer by layer uh, an American city, kind of the different uh, uh, structures and systems it, um, that are at work on people's lives. And and Arkham Knight in particular feels like the exact opposite. Mm. You know, it is only studying what if everybody on the streets was a criminal. You know, we don't know what their crimes were, whether they deserve uh, any kind of benefit of any kind of doubt. Yeah, they are they are the bad guys, and and how do you beat the bad guys? Well, you beat the bad guys with impunity, yeah. and you destroy Un- under the city. a car wheel that you are yeah. revving. Yeah, 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 and yeah. you beat the bad guys, uh, uh, and you uh, destroy the city with your Batmobile. You know, you destroy yeah. infrastructure. Absolutely, you just trash smash the place, the place up. Yeah. But it, but it's okay because Bruce Wayne's got the money to be able to repair all of that stuff, Fix but not the money to be able to try and rehabilitate the city and its citizens to try and make them want to be better people. If we can say that better is is a fixed thing, tangible thing, but yeah. It, yeah. perhaps uh, it's unwritten that he puts loads of money into schooling and education and you know and 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 yeah obviously we run straight into the problem which is if you market a triple a mainstream video game with batman the social worker where he goes around talking to people and setting up initiatives to uh you know get education to poor parts of the community it probably wouldn't sell five million <clears throat> copies. Oh, Spider Man sold then, thirteen million. Well, exactly. I was just about, I was just about to say. <laughs> I know I was you just were. About to I know say, you we, were. We joked. We joked yep. about SJW Spider Man in that game, and he does. He does do both, but obviously, he does also still kick the yep. uh, marshmallow stuffing out of a billion bad guys. But he also says say that he doesn't that, want to do that. He also tries to talk people out of confrontation several times in that game and as a character. And Batman rarely does. He yeah, thrives I, on I it. Will, yeah, the, it. It was a really it stark... It does come across as sadistic in this yeah. one. It was a really stark transition playing this game uh, over the course of the last two weeks in, in light of recent events. And you yeah. can't separate the two. I don't care what anybody says. Um, you, Brian, just you, in you, case you, people are, uh, are listening yeah. later, do you just want to explain... What you mean? Yeah. So, so there's so 
when over the last two weeks, we've been the, the entire world essentially has been seeing the civil unrest um, and the general frustration of communities of people of color against um, the authority and against the police for um, unnecessary violence um, for for uh, spurred by the the murder of George Floyd and 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 then and then since then these um these protests and these movements have sprung up literally worldwide and yeah. playing this game in the context of all that it was very difficult for me even though I know it's just a cart it, it's a very cartoony representation especially of the villains they're over the top they're you know zany and wacky and and sadistic but like cartoonishly so um but you're playing as a billionaire who thinks he knows better than everybody, rarely listens to advice, and exercises his will and total control over every situation. He works hand-in-hand with the police to take down people on the street, and everybody on the street during this is considered a thug. They're referred to as thugs in the game. He's mentally Um, deteriorating. Yep, he's mentally... Exactly, he's mentally deteriorating. Well, that's it. Just Um, just on that point, Leon, I mean, there is an extreme reading of this that the... You know that the city's been evacuated because Batman is actually on a rampage. Uh, and yeah, because yeah, he's, yeah. We talked he's, about this when we did Arkham Asylum, yeah. just saying, and we probably did it a lot more gleefully then. And I'm not, by the way, listener, we're, we're not necessarily, you know, we're talking about this difficult, complicated stuff. We're not necessarily saying that we didn't still have fun punching bad guys in Absolutely. when yeah. we're actually in the moment of playing the combat game. But it's, yeah, we're just yeah. talking and, about And this is goes, not, goes yeah, I think I think that they're that playing this game within the context of this time. I think that if Rocksteady were to be remaking this game, yeah. you know, right now, I think that there were there's just fundamental things in language and tone that would change because yeah. because yeah. in the five years since this game has come out, I mean, and and even if I'm speaking completely honestly, in the last month, yeah. the things yeah. have yeah. changed to a point where some some things, some language, some action, some points of view are are that might have been used for pop culture and entertainment would no longer be considered acceptable or good time entertainment. And it's, yeah. you have to view those things in, in context because, because I'm telling you right now, when I achieved a times 36 combo and every single time <laughs> I landed X button on the right thing and I was knocking Ooh. guys faces in, I was yeah. laughing. I was having fun. Yeah. Like it was a good yeah. time. Batman games are fun. And the character of Batman, yeah. it's fun to play the vigilante. It's fun to play the guy who takes the law into his own hands and just kicks the, the, the the snot out of everybody yeah but when you look at some of the uh, the context around it it was it was making me question much like thomas and um and james already talked about the the, the true nature of batman and mm-hmm. and is batman as the way he's been represented particularly in this game um is that someone you can consider a hero mm-hmm. it is and especially I- grim and gritty this one and that is sort of semi-justified by the fact that batman is infected with joker blood and is being led around and influenced by a an especially sadistic reading of the joker as well because this joker is there entirely to play the the taunting guilty part of bruce wayne's psyche Mm. can i can i say one thing about the joker real quick before we get into the character of the joker i this this vocal performance by Mark Hamill is unbelievable. Like the 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 Joker in this game, the, his constant he's constantly in your ear. He pops up almost in every he major. Must have situation. the most lines of, of any. Yeah. He, it just it, it 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 completely compelled me. Hamill's great, but I wanted to make the point that I, th- I think I've seen elsewhere, which is that Rocksteady perhaps either they didn't have the courage of their convictions to stick with the fact that they had him dead at the end of City, yeah. and indeed 
cremated at the start of this game yeah or that was the plan all along like how can we get more joker in our game just have him there the whole time mm. <laughs> it's the first game in the series to be rated m and to get an 18 in the uk mm. the previous mm. were 15 so they uh, they 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 went for it and and they they obviously wanted to tell this darker story i mean i remember obviously people were a little bit surprised i think when the Burton 89 film came out and it got this new certificate especially for it so kids of a certain age could go to see it but I think a lot of people who'd grown up with Adam West were a bit like what why is it you know they they perhaps weren't aware yeah. of the comic book uh the noir sort of aspects and the and the, the change of of audience of comics and so they were like why is it so why is it so gritty and dark but now Batman 89 compared to this um it has still has a few hor horrific moments but um but yeah probably probably nothing on this no, no i want to talk also about um so one of the main criticisms i've seen leveled at this game and this goes over the five years when i haven't been playing it as well and yeah i feel now i have played it perhaps partly because i don't have much of a relationship with any of the uh the robins beyond dick grayson mm. and uh who becomes nightwing i believe and all that stuff was yeah. kind of i've learned that pick bits mm. up through the arkham games and other bits of, of fiction rather than having followed it all the way through this game has uh jason todd the second robin uh be the big bad although it was kept a secret and ultimately revealed mm. but he spends <laughs> yeah, it was it was supposedly kept a secret and ultimately revealed although a lot of people say they called it um he's in batman type armor um but the themes of the game and the fact that he's the uh the the big bad really the overarching theme regardless of all the issues we've already started to talk about seems to be about batman's ultimate ultimate failure in keeping those close to him safe involving all these people and they they say they want to be involved, but it always endangers them to the point that one of them becomes a megalomaniacal city destroying villain himself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's the, the, you can see that, that struggle, you know, with the Batman character throughout the entirety of the game, um, you know, about, uh, he hyper protective of Nightwing when Nightwing comes in to assist, uh, doesn't want him involved. Um, yeah, at one point he literally locks up the current Robin in a cell yeah. to keep him from getting involved. Um, when Barbara Gordon, gets help. yeah, no, it doesn't help. Barbara Gordon gets taken right fairly early into the story. And, and that is like, and you see his relationship with uh, commissioner Gordon devolve because of that. And the, the entire theme of this game definitely, and they, they hammer it home sometimes over the head, but I think it's relatively well done is that anyone who gets close to this guy is just probably doomed for some sort of yeah. either horrific demise or yeah. life altering per, 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 personality changing psychological traumatic event. And it's just kind of him dealing with all that while also like still being Batman. <laughs> you know, so like, is this so, the yeah. is this the author's actually saying what we started the podcast by saying, which is that Batman is toxic? Hmm. I this, it, I could I can read it that way, but also it's like, yeah. but then in between, like I'll never forget, and this is the you know uh, the 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 dreaded um, you know ludonarrative dissonance and and everything yep. else we talk about in these games. Yep. Where like Barbara Gordon's missing and you just get her location and it's like and it's like, all right, we gotta scream where to find Barbara Gordon, but then I open up my map and I'm like, 
But Man Bat was just spotted about <laughs> two clicks <laughs> off to the left here, so Barber will be fine just for flying another in hour. circles, by the <laughs> yeah. way. He's not exactly. doing anything. Oh my gosh, Firefly? He's over here. I'm gonna I gotta knock this off the list. So yeah. it does suffer from some of that. Um but yep. I don't that's that's part of being a video game though too. You know, it it'd be very yeah. difficult to I think they do a great job um, towards the end, not to get too far, when uh, the cloud burst, which is uh, Scarecrow's toxin-emitting device, mm. has been activated. Like, you have to laser focus on that problem. Yeah, um, they, they close off it all looks the same. incredible, by the yeah, way. Yeah, everything yeah, else gets amazing. cut off. Yeah, so I think they could have done that in some other ways to make it seem like, you know, Batman's most pressing issue was the person that is confidant who is missing, but instead you just want to go track down some Riddler trophies. I think it'd be tough to strike that balance, but it is a... It is an issue that exists within the game that I that I firmly like. I I could have made the choice to go get Barbara Gordon, but I see a green glowing question mark off to the east. Yeah. I mean, I gotta go see what's going on. I mean, know? that's a, so. yeah, that's a that's the classic, isn't it? The open world story versus story urgency versus um, side quest. I think it's a it's a comic book fan's dream to have some of these team ups like Batman and Nightwing and have the L one switch between the character so fluidly. I just think these days, after playing Spider-Man, I just think I would have preferred or would like next a Batman game with these solid mechanics um, with just more fun and more team-ups and not him trying to push everybody away and be the lone Batman. Um, Because, you know, I guess we're the other side of chill games now, like Red Dead Redemption 2, where you can just kind of relax as the main character and you have lots of quiet time to yourself whereas in this batman game even when he's driving everyone else away he just there's no time to think there's always some someone chirping at you or giving you a skype call or jokers around a call uh, a corner trying to uh, chirp in your ear it's just so noisy and people talking on the radio uh, you know you never get any time to just be batman and chill we had a correspondent uh, on our Spider-Man podcast saying he felt that way about Peter Parker in that game. And I didn't really feel it so much in that game. And it sort of made sense. And all the most of the contact was friendly, apart from the occasional interjection from a supervillain. It was, you know, it was Aunt May or it was a friendly policeman or, you know, somebody that you actually liked. Whereas in this game, yeah, I was just shut up. There's just <laughs> yeah. nonstop bad guy chatter, very, you know, broad, stereotypical New York style kind of street hoodlums just constantly banging on. I don't know whether it's possible to actually switch those off. Sometimes it's useful audio clues to things that are going on around you, but oftentimes it's just, uh, 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 it's just inconsequential banter. And um, I realize it's the equivalent of flavor text and you're not picking up text logs, although there's plenty of uh, information within your menu to dive into if you want to, but yeah, uh, too much. Yeah, too much. But they even refer to it in their own dialogue. So I think at some point, Alfred or, or, or Lucius Fox calls up and says, I'm sorry to interrupt you. And that's the, the first thing's Again. out of his. And then yeah. another point, Alfred criticizes the Riddler's, uh, he says, uh, the relentless self aggrandizing commentary. And I'm like, yes, Alfred, I would really like the Riddler to say <laughs> a lot less in this game. And honestly, this time round, I'm not even sure I was listening to the Riddler anymore. He just, it just, I just, it's not a bad performance. Oh, Wally Winger is, I think he's great. Yeah, but, uh, but it's just so much of it. Maybe it's fatigue from having played yeah. Arkham City reasonably yeah. recently. Yeah. And- yeah, we should say everyone returns here after they changed up everything pretty much for the the Warner Brothers uh, Origins game. Yeah. All the uh, 
the regulars pretty much are back here. Although I, I was going to say, um, we got Shuggler here from the forum says, besides knowing that Scarecrow was the main villain voiced by the amazingly talented John Noble, I knew very little going into this game and I called who the Arkham Knight was very early on. Yeah, it seems a little meta, but figuring something like that out before the world's greatest detective does felt a little silly to me. Regardless, besides acting whiny at times, I did find the Arkham Knight fairly effective as a villain. He certainly felt like he was 10 steps ahead of Batman, organising a complete takeover of Gotham with hundreds, even thousands of private militia within what seems like an hour. That would certainly <laughs> seem impressive, if not somewhat impossible. But hey, comics. I have to admit, I didn't really like the kind of sort of inclusion of Joker into the story, even though it was fairly pivotal to the plot. I love Mark Hamill and his rendition of Joker, but it really feels like Joker outstayed his welcome with this series. Was uh, was John Noble uh, Scarecrow in the earlier Arkham games? Oh, well, I'm not actually sure about that. I meant to check. But yes, he. Uh, I'm not sure he's the best fit for Scarecrow, but I do really like him. Um, for those who don't know, he's King Denethor in The Lord of the Steward, Rings. Steward Denethor. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I, oh, sorry. I, I, I corrected you there. Sorry, ah! massive, not quite nerdy enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be a king. And he was also in a, he was in quite a popular TV series recently. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that's, there's some, yeah, there's some, some, we've already, yeah, said some top tier performances. And again, I think um, Kevin Conroy as, as Bruce and Batman uh, is, still has this fantastic voice. And he, but he does now because he's getting on a bit. He does sound a bit older, but actually that kind of works in this game because it does. I don't know. I I find it we're so so playing this now. The other side of you know stuff like Uncharted Four, Red Dead Redemption. I found it to be really clunkerlunk. Like you you can you can understand a kind of a monotone performance for Batman that kind of only the dynamics only shift in really dramatic moments. But there's it's just awkward. And it might be the 2015-ness of it. But there's a bit where you, you see Barbara Gordon, you think, commit suicide. And then he walks outside and you pick a different mission. And he's just straight back into, yeah, you know. That's the same old, yes, video game problems. I'm not sure what the, uh, um, you know, obviously we often call games out for that. And that's part of the ludonarrative dissonance conversation. And I still don't know if we're ever, because without recording an infinite number of dialogues and or massively restricting what the players are able to do at any one point you i'm not sure it's a solvable well i think like, so video so didn't later games or the witcher 3 is the same year as this actually I'm, i may be imagining this but when when they kill a character or there's a big dramatic moment they follow it up with some more story and cutscenes. yeah and then you don't get back to the game until you've had right. a kind of yes. dramatic come down. Well, that's a solution for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of frustrating in a series where in Arkham Asylum, they didn't have any of many of these problems because they restricted the location. They restricted the scope in such a way that they could focus a lot of this stuff. And in opening up the game to become a larger cityscape, they've made a rod for their own back where they have... A very similar problem to I feel the Assassin's Creed games had for a long time, which is the feel, the need to feel like you're adding more and more and more, and never wanting to take away from what players want. Because yeah. some players do enjoy the Riddler trophies, even though 
it was a criticism during Arkham City that there was like 300 of them. So in this game, it's, oh, yeah. well, there's only 250. And, <laughs> yeah, and but you still need to get every if, one of them to get the exactly, proper Exactly, or, or if you just want to save Catwoman, you need to go a certain way down that. And you, you can't get to Nightfall without taking, if you want to take down the Riddler as part one of your yeah. seven to get to the Nightfall ending, the first Nightfall ending, you have to do all the trophies. He literally descends in his mech and says, oh, you're going to have to follow all my rules if you want to take me <laughs> yeah. down. It's like, yeah. great, I'll go and find someone else to take down because yeah. I'm not doing that. Some of them are really, you know, a lot of them are very squirreled away, and I realise that's the point. But some of them are just, you know, there's a great variety mm-hmm. of them, I will say, of different kinds of puzzles and different challenges that go into them. But in terms of actually tracking them all down, locating them, and then solving them, that's a but- huge amount of work. <sighs> Maybe there are people, there obviously are. I have definitely been someone who goes after all collectibles, 100% games, be it achievements, collectibles, whatever. I've done that stuff. Depending on the game. Would it be the end of the world to strip down the Riddler's um, challenges, 240-something there are in this game overall, to strip Mm. them down, cherry-pick out and make a three- or four-hour sequence of missions well, that yeah. really puts that together. And by the way, races, no, get rid of them. That's not a Riddler thing. If you want them in, <laughs> make it someone else. Make it yeah. Tombstone. Yeah. Is it Tombstone? There must be someone who owns a bleeding I mean, garage. If, if you mean like the ludonarrative dissonance of like, well, how could Riddler have built this giant flipping race course? I mean, the the, the kind of sharpest example of that, and I do like Riddler trophies generally across the series. Yeah. I'm being very nitpicky here, but when you're in the Zeppelin in the Zeppelin. airship, yeah. Uh, and you have to use the tilt mechanic to solve one. Like, how would the Riddler know that your journey on this particular night was going to take you to this airship? How would he have been able to get inside? And how would he have known that you'd have access, hacked access to the air, you know... To put these huge, uh, you know, I don't, I don't. That's, I mean, that's I agree, easily but we're probably overthinking it. <laughs> yeah, that's no, easily I know solved by uh, <laughs> by just a just a quick radio message in your ear of Riddler going like, how. <laughs> How, how did I know you'd be here tonight, Batman? Because I know more than you. And then that's just the end of that. Yeah. But, but equally I mean, well, it'd be good. solved if they just pulled back the Riddler stuff to specific areas that made sense, make it a tighter yeah. series. Like all yeah. a lot of the other um, series, like the, all of the um, Season of Infamy ones that were added on, were a series of three or four missions that strung together a narrative for those characters, for Mr. Freeze, yeah. for mm. um, the, the Mad Hatter, uh, League yeah. of Shadows, the Mad Hatter, exactly, uh, Killer Croc make it something tighter and actually convince me that the Riddler does have a problem with Batman solving problems physically and with brute force rather than thinking them out and try and play with that dynamic instead of Batman, you solve problems physically instead of mentally. So I'm going to force you to drive around a race. What? How does that prove Hmm. that Batman's smart? It doesn't. It's rubbish. A good Riddler trophy is you rock up, you you might think to yourself, oh, I don't have the right tools yet. But then you're like, oh no, hang on a minute. If I do that with this and yeah. maybe try you that puzzle it out. and then you, yeah. you, you, you pull out a few different gadgets maybe, or in this case, I did like it when the Batmobile was part of the puzzle solving because it's just an extra tool. Sure. You know, absolutely. and adds a yeah, spatial yeah, yeah. element. Yeah. I think if you'd had many fewer and much more focused on making it more of a puzzle, then they, yeah. they, it would have felt like they were nailing it more for me personally. Well, talking about video game problems isn't part of the problem here. I mean, if we're accepting or agreeing that the game has some problems, as some of the critics seem to agree, and certainly some of our correspondents. So 
the overall feedback to the the critical reception to City at the time was rather more glowing than it had been to the previous mm-hmm. game. But then again, overall, this is perception. And obviously, we've done two full podcasts on this. So you can hear a number of opinions from both us and the community. But if there was a criticism that was leveled at City, even among the people that liked it, even perhaps more than the original Asylum, was that there was almost it was too big and there was too much yeah. to do. But there still seems to be, and I don't know whether it comes from internal or shareholders, publishers, whatever, or just market expectations, they had to make this one bigger. So, of course, they made the Asylum game. Of course, they made the Arkham City game, which is a sort of false construct in itself. And then they make the Gotham game. Of course, they were going to make the Gotham game. And the only way they could keep the name was to have a character in it that was called Arkham something. So basically I would have, I mean, I think they should have, you know, just if, if they had to make it bigger and more, just change the name, but it was, yeah, Arkham was, a, I guess, kind yeah. of set in stone, but, but yeah, did, is, was it inevitable? Like would people have accepted no Batmobile, no Gotham city, a smaller game again, if they'd, if they'd actually retreated, back from the sprawling nature of Arkham City. No. I just don't know. No, I, don't I don't think, think in so. 2015 that would have been that would have been I don't want to call it acceptable, but it wouldn't have been met with high praise. I mean 2015 yeah. was I mean like we're we're in the thick of it there where it's like, "Oh, you you like Far Cry 3? Yeah. Well, you you're not going to believe Far Cry 4." Mm. You know what I mean? Like here's the the, the map's mm. bigger, this many more checkpoints, this many more towers, this many yeah. more this. Yeah. It was definitely in the era of look at how much we can fit into <laughs> yeah, this game. And CD Project um, Red asking themselves, "Oh, have we made enough? We don't know if we've made enough side quests for The Witcher 3." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, it's so yeah. so I think that that would have been met with some criticism, but I would also say that as like any other projects that are smaller in scope and more narrowly focused if if they were to nail it in quotes you know then people would have been very happy um if they if they didn't then if if the story didn't ring true and i and i don't think that the entire narrative of this game is necessarily the best that it's been over the trilogy i would say it's probably the weakest story arc in my opinion so i don't think that they they nailed it on that aspect so i think Mm. that their focus i can't tell what their focus was but i i could think you'd see that focus in that open world um and and really making that city a place where there was literally almost and i would say not almost too much to do and something happening at all times um and they did succeed in making it a space where there was no shortage of things to do. We've got Nup Raptor on the voice acting, which we've already commented on. There's obviously, as always, there's there's loads and loads more stars of this game. Far too many to name check everyone. Nup Raptor says the voice acting remained incredible in this game and felt like a real swan song for the Mark Hamill Joker and the Kevin Conroy Batman. I don't necessarily believe that there should be a definitive depiction of two characters, but if I did their incarnations in the Arkham games would be as close as you can get. I think it's worth stating at this point too, that I'm sure that anybody listening this far knows that, but the, the Batman is infected with the Joker virus, (laughs) which literally is turning him into the Joker, uh, which is kind of the MacGuffin for making the Joker there at all. Mm. And this leads to, I think, some of maybe the weakest points of the narrative of the game and mm-hmm. in, a, in a game that has uh, that I that I have a, a lot of different issues with kind of the storytelling the main beats should I say um, yeah the Joker virus thing already is it's hard to call it flimsy because the, the universe that you're talking about but it's still even for Batman and, and specifically on the heels of those Nolan films it's a pretty thin plot point but you don't need it that's the ridiculous thing about it 
the like the idea of the Joker being Batman's guilt-ridden part of his psyche that says, "Did I let Joker die? Did I actually, you know, uh, not let him get the the antidote that he needed, the the cure that he needed in City? That side of him that he knows the Joker would taunt him about this because the Joker's wanted him to kill forever." Um, since they met in Origins in this narrative, but that's a trope of the character. That that part of Batman's psyche that's... Stu- here's someone who died on his watch. Is he to blame? Yes, it's the Joker, obviously, but that eating away at him, that's a psychological issue that you see Batman going through. You don't need it to be an infection of, of yep. Joker blood. You don't need... For, for all that, the imagery of here are the five cells, one of them's empty that's for Batman. That's a really powerful moment, but the having of the other people who got infected, they don't know they were infected with Joker blood. That's not why it's manifesting as the Joker. The idea is his personality's imprinting them from his blood, and they use CJD as the the reason for that. It's garbage. It's rubbish. <laughs> that breaks yeah. down your brain, absolutely, and yeah. then fit affects totally. you physically, but it does not cause personality changes that specific in that way. It's rubbish. And I, as as is apparent, I really liked the idea of Batman psychologically breaking down. He's already frail. He's already dealing with years of trauma, with protecting in all the wrong ways the people that are close to him, with taking the burden on himself that he should be sharing with others. I like the fact that, like, when I saw Joker was going to be in this game, like, when he first appeared, I thought, oh, really, we're leaning on the Joker again. I had that moment that people have criticized this game for, but as it played out and you saw Joker getting more and more healthy, Batman getting more and more weakened, and it building to that crescendo at the end where it's a fight for who's gonna, which part of Batman's brain's gonna win. I really, really liked that. I just feel they flub it in so many ways that leave it feeling really unsatisfying to me when it has mm-hmm. such potential. This is a fight for who Batman is and and what he stands for, and in the end. I'm, I may as well say it now. We'll obviously talk about the endings later. They completely chicken out from what this ending should have been to me. Completely mm. chicken out. Joker takes over Batman, and Batman then locks him away in a cage. So he's exposed to Scarecrow toxin, and Batman's fear is Joker will out. So Joker outs. That's what happens. Joker wins. Joker starts like attacking people. That's Batman's uh, fevered state in response to the toxin. And for a moment, I thought, are they going to say that Joker wins? Are they going to say that Batman loses? Surely not. And that that idea excited me because they built Batman up to be such a broken character in this game to me. Mm -hmm. The idea that they would throw that away and let the Joker win was really powerful. And then when you realize, no, no. Now the Joker has to contend with his fear, which is being forgotten, and that means that Bruce Wayne, Batman, now realizes how he beats the the Joker inside his head. He just has to lock him away and forget about him and stop dwelling on him, and he'll go away. But that's not how that ending played out. That's what I wish had happened at the end. Either Joker wins or Batman realizes why he can overcome this. In the end, the way that he solves it is no, I'm going to win because I'm Batman? He doesn't do anything. He doesn't realize the people around him care and ask them for help. He doesn't. That there's no narrative uh, satisfaction there from mm. understanding mm. that all these people who've t- 
told him throughout the course of this game, this series, they care, they want to help. Let me help. Alfred says this so many times. Let me help. Stop putting yourself in danger. Let me, you know, lean on the people around you. Listen to us. And Batman doesn't. And he doesn't really have a Batman barely has a human moment, does he? No, no arc, except in the end he wins. The only reason he wins, that I can see, is because he's Batman. I mean, there's, there's a, yeah, uh, I, I do like some of the, you know, I like some of the bits, the performances, the moments, the first person stuff. Some of it's clever. Mm -hmm. Some of it's great design. I like the, the fighting the statues bit at the end is a cool horror moment and twist. And that's all very, very cool. Yeah, I thought it was all well done. Leon, you just said there's a lack of kind of humanity to Batman. I literally have that in my notes. There's a there's a sense of humanness that's missing. There's also there's a sense of of humorlessness in Mm. this game, even with lots of the Joker. It's it's just not it's just not that fun. I mean, it's just as I say, he's just um, too serious. He's just a spiteful Joker. Yeah, because because he's not really the Joker. Is the point? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's there. He's there to justify. Obviously, he's a MacGuffin, but he's also there to justify Batman's excess in this particular game, I think. We talked about, uh, you were saying, James, about um, Batman uh, agonising over the fact that he broke his no-killing rule effectively on on yeah. the Joker. But in fact, as uh, as Brian and I were talking about on our Slack in preparation for the show the other day, at one point, he leaves uh, an old, a rich yeah. old man in a cell... Who's uh, he's defenseless and unarmed, uh, and he's basically saying, when the cells open, when when these cages open on a timer, all these monkeys who are by the way off their breasts on LSD, <laughs> they're going to tear me apart and eat me. And he's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. And he just walks off. So he's he's quite happy to. Yeah. Uh, he's agonising about the Joker's death. But and um, if and if the game but, had made you know, the point that Batman was being pushed to this because of what was happening to him internally, mentally, and actually fulfilled, actually gone through on that and shown some kind of resolution at the end that Batman learned something from this, but they don't. <laughs> they really do, mm. they don't. Yeah. I, I can't honestly, hand on heart, say that at any point. Batman has an arc in this. He punches people until he wins, and yeah. when he can't punch yeah. people to win, he wins because he's Batman. It's so yeah, unsatisfying. In order to, in order to beat the virus within him, he literally has a hallucination and beats up the Joker, locks him in a cell, and then they cut to that scene where it just it cuts to Bruce Wayne's eyes and the green fades out of his eyes. Like yeah. I, like that. That does nothing for yeah. me at all. I um, think we've missed Paul Dini. I mean, that's my assumption, is that this guy has been yeah. writing this character for yeah. decades. And I'm not saying there were no issues or, you know, there were flawless tellings of Batman. Obviously, there's no. always issues with him writing for video games and, and video game stories. But I think there was more, I think, exactly like Thomas says, there's not a lot of heart in no, this one. Not. not a lot of humanity. I think there tries to be. Uh, but I think it's that sort of that thing that uh, a lot of Hollywood films do, which is that, you know, substitute actual emotion for just putting loved ones in danger mm. <laughs> and not yeah. actually not yeah. actually portraying it in any meaningful way. There's one point where um, I think it's as Batman, you think Batman agrees to go in the cell for everyone's yeah, yeah. benefit, including his own. Robin puts an arm on his shoulder. Is it Robin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Robin's there yeah. waiting to put yeah. him in. Yeah. yeah, and and that is that is like it. Somebody shows that he cares a little bit for Batman, but there's never any like 
Alfred, he never, I don't think Batman at any stage says, are you all right? No. All that all that happens is other people, other people say, is he okay? About, very, and, you know, hundreds of different people. Yeah. And Batman always says, he's and, fine. And actually, there's, <laughs> there's a moment where um, you go to, Batman goes to see Robin and Alfred, after he, as he leaves, Alfred calls him on the fact he didn't tell him that Barbara was missing. And, mm, and Batman's right. response, I'm pretty sure, he certainly says this in the game, I think this is the moment he says it, he says, we all have to make sacrifices. But Batman, you don't get to decide what sacrifices other people make. You don't. That's right. not a yeah. sacrifice then, is it? Uh, we've touched upon the quality of the visuals in our PC chat. Uh, let's hear from Shuggler from the forum who says, the visuals are breathtaking. The aesthetic of Gotham seems gloomier with every game, although there is quite a bit of sensory overload when it comes to the architecture. It all just looks too busy. In a way, it really shows how dedicated the developers were in creating a painstakingly detailed world. But on the other hand, I found it really hard to focus on the finer aspects of world building. Mm. And Gingertastic01 says... This game came out near the start of this generation, and you wouldn't honestly know it. It looks that good. The art direction in this game is nothing short of incredible. Rain-soaked Gotham has never looked so fully realised. Batman's wet cowl billowing in the wind, as you saw over Gotham, never gets old to me. Yeah, I just want to jump in, because I feel like I've been very negative. I love the graphics of this game, uh, and the solidity, that unreal kind of, unreal engine. They look like models that you you know that you put on your desk or whatever it there's there's something plastic and great about that and the rain and the uh and i've been sort of that's probably what i've done the most of this last playthrough is photo mode yeah. which wasn't there when it launched um with some it's a nice simple photo mode with some great filters but it just uh the lighting um it looks fantastic for the time, I've just beaten Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is a cutting-edge Unreal 4 game, which itself has um, fantastic lighting. And I'd say that definitely um, Batman is the weaker for clarity of image overall, and yeah. especially facial animation and eyes and, and lip sync and stuff is is much better in Final Fantasy in later games, obviously, five years down the line. But... Um, yeah, there's something super satisfying about how chunky everything feels um, and then doused in the rain, which did give me serious um, gameplay problems, though, <laughs> in terms of visibility, crashing into things mm. with the Batmobile, not being able to see what yeah. the flipping heck is going on. Uh, and yeah. Many of the counters and things in the in the in some of the harder fights left me really frustrated. But I agree with Shuggler. Yeah. I found it. Uh, I, don't, I found the game a bit visually noisy at times, mm. like it's. Um, there are a couple of elements which, coming off the back of some 4K HDR stuff, look a bit flat and a bit low res. But I mean, that, the, the longer I've played it, the the more I've left that behind. Again, that's playing on PS4 rather than on PC, where those things would be somewhat addressed. Um, but yes, the longer I've played it, the more spectacular I think it's looked overall. But I think with the film grain and the 30 frames a second and the rain and everything, I think, and the neon lighting, it, it can be a bit visually noisy at times. Yeah. Like and, and with the audio as well that we already talked about, uh being the chatter being incessant i found at times it was a it was the whole thing was a bit of a sensory overload and i found it a bit tiring as yeah. as incredibly ambitious and detailed uh, and sometimes spectacular as the graphics uh -huh. are 
That's the the one thing I, I really want to talk about with the art design and, and, and the visual is I didn't find it as messy as as, as you did, Leon, and as Shuggler did. I, I kind of enjoyed the messiness, the the overused term grittiness of the city. Like I kind of mm-hmm. it felt more to me like a real actually lived in place as opposed to like Arkham City, which very much set felt like, a you know, a few areas yes. designed for certain things. But um but the the detail in these games, particularly um, the not not including Origins, I think it lost some of the character of that. But um, the detail of how dedicated this whole space is to the Batman universe is I, I don't want to use the term unparalleled, but it's got to be close. I mean, you talk about detail in games. I, I would I would put this up there with your Red Dead Redemption 2s of just how it feels like every item was placed with such care. Every poster, mm-hmm. every advertisement, every every like, you know, uh, flashing television screen, every little leaflet, everything mm. just is it just it builds yeah. that universe. It's the the look of the the look of Batman flying through the sky and and also the placement of an object on a desk in a tucked away area are as important to each other as everything in this game. It all yeah. just forms this visual language that just shouts Batman and rewards mm. you for knowing the character, rewards you for knowing the different things about the villains. You see like, you know, just tchotchkes on the on the policeman's desk that reference a Harley Quinn side story from 22 years ago. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just oozing Batman. And that part, I just, I can't get, I can't get enough of that. I I would look at everything. It's almost seamless apart from when you die uh, and then Mm -hmm. you you get a loading screen. So uh, yeah, on a technical level, I think it's, uh, it's impressive. Very quickly that opening and it starts confidently that opening diner, the detail and the look of it is incredible. And if you look out the window with the spectacular water effects, you see people on the other side of the street running, covering their head with the newspaper, like running for the bus or something, or running to get home. So, so yeah, like you say, that detail is incredible. Music-wise, I was a little disappointed. Um, I don't think, I, for me, each game in the Arkham series has been a little less whelming than the last. Uh, it's got the mood and it's got the tension, but... Uh, I didn't find it really. Uh, I guess it sort of sets, suits the downbeat nature of the story in this particular game, but I just found myself kind of humming the old Danny Elfman while I was playing, mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than the 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 fairly. I guess they were going for something more subtle, but I guess for me it just ended up being a little backgroundy. I I think that um, Asylum definitely is is the forerunner in this game when it comes to music. It's also the originator of a lot of the themes that go across the, yeah. so it, it, it was more new at the time, but there was something about that moment in asylum where you're in Arkham and then it, and then it opens up and you kind of get out of the main building and you get into the kind of the yard area where there's like the graveyard and the couple different buildings. And you kind of realize the scope of this game and the music swells and the theme kicks and has these memorable musical cues and moments where when as you get to a more open world experience to where where it isn't as linear design, as lin, as linear of a design excuse me mumble mouth but um it, you you lose some of those opportunities to have these great musical cues for things mm-hmm. and and it does kind of get a little bit muddier and a little bit lost as far as kind of and we talked about this in the Spider-Man show not too long ago. It's just like like when you just kind of have those orchestral themes always kind of happening in the background, they do just kind of fade to yeah. the background. Christopher Drake did Origins. I, I really um, love his music yeah. for that. Yeah, he did the animated Dark Knight Returns score right. as well, yeah. 
which is this kind of dark synth wavy kind of you know really heavy electronic um sound so i think he so he was a great choice for that nick arendelle you know did brilliant work on arkham asylum uh uh making the sound of this you know establishing the sound of the series especially like his some of his predator themes and stealth stuff with interactive music the way it keeps the pace up and introduces different sections of music was was some of the best at the time and here he's working with another composer who's sort of using some of the older themes and reworking them back in there was a fantastic new theme for arkham city yeah i just leon you you nailed it with this game where it it feels like i'm sure on a technical level if we were to go into it with them they'd say oh but this is happening that's happening it would be all very clever and technically brilliant but it doesn't do much overall emotionally and it doesn't stick out which you don't necessarily want music to but it doesn't kind of make itself felt sound design on the other hand uh, um, apart from being uh, quite overwhelming there's some really lovely sound design going on when you use detective vision they there's it's so clever Uh, if you sit and properly listen to it the way it sounds Mm. is is incredible and also the batmobile is so meaty yeah that's true um, yeah until you realize that it's quite a floaty car <laughs> um the sound effects make you feel like you're you're in it the does batmobile. help yeah. you know yeah it, it sounds and feels like a burnout car we're coming on to the batmobile um <laughs> hms polio from the forum says i recently finished arkham knight returning to it after dropping off for at least a year after purchase about a third of the way into the game. There is a gobsmacking level of craft on display here. The people who worked on this game clearly put everything they had into it, with a considerable budget behind them. But that budget, and this being the last game in this incredibly popular franchise, leads to this game's two biggest problems, complexity and scale. The need to outdo its predecessors and accommodate the Batmobile leads to an Arkham that, while impressive and intricate, is far less distinctive than the environments of Asylum and City. And this huge city then needs to be populated by tasks that, due to the size of the place and the no doubt considerable resources required to make any of them, have to be repeated continuously with only the most obvious iterations. Finding bombs, races, chasing Firefly and APCs, dismantling checkpoints, towers, weapon stashes, all fine activities but wearying in their repetition. Mm. Yeah. Gingertastic01 says the same fantastic combat system from the previous games is still present and correct in this game, but with more bells and whistles. While initially I found it a little overwhelming at the start, I think it was necessary to up the ante from the last game, the last games, as players had gotten used to the system at this point. It's very satisfying clearing a room with a high combo count, as there are so many things that you need to keep tabs on and juggle. Offering a counterpoint to that is HMS Polio again, who says the rhythmic flow state of the combat begins to buckle under too many different enemy types requiring two specific countermeasures. Play becomes prescriptive and mechanical. Too much is being asked of the control scheme. Combo inputs increasingly resemble number wang (laughs) and context dependent actions fail to fire, leaving me with a Batman caught on scenery or leisurely taking gunfire in the face as I furiously hammer buttons. (laughs) Furthermore, do we really need so many different gadgets with such limited utility? Do I really need three electronic disrupting tools? Wouldn't one do? Things often feel fiddly and a bit of a faff with no real reason to be. I agree with both Gingertastic01 and HMS Polio. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah me too. Sure. 
I yeah. also think that like the enemy design in this is very limited when compared to the previous games. Um, in my opinion, How like, is it? like I, I think that most of the guy and tell me if I'm wrong or, or, t- or correct me if I'm wrong. They, um, like most of the people you're fighting now are just kind of like generic military guys. Um, uh, like, you know, just the, the Arkham Knights kind of militia. Yeah. There and are cultists got, and other yeah, exceptions. Get, but. Yeah. You've got your snipers and you've got your, your people with weapons, things like that. But like, it, I was just thinking about my replay of Arkham city that I did earlier this year where like, you know, within the first hour of that game, the Joker is dropping these, um, these circus performers with one arms wielding sledgehammers <laughs> that you have to kind of ride like they're giant, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, elephants yeah, get like, yeah, yeah. like there's, there's a le- there's less of a cartoony whimsy mm. to the combat than I think was mm. maybe there before. When in this one, it's it's the stakes are a bit higher because I think there's more armed encounters where you really have to be stealthier. Like you know, and and those guys with the chain guns. I mean, if you don't get them from behind, well, nobody else is around. They'll tear you to shreds. And the sentry guns, but yeah. it just maybe maybe I guess maybe the enemies are as varied, but I find the variation a little bit more boring than mm. the previous games. Maybe I, that's a better way to say it. And you've you've just touched on the predator levels there. I, uh, again, playing Arkham City recently, really loving that. I don't think I've enjoyed any of the Predator levels so far. I sort of I sort of just did them and moved through them, but I really don't find myself, you know, there's the added mechanics of the drones and there's a guy who controls the drones and there's a guy who can detect your thingy, your uh, detective mode. And that's fine for forcing me to be faster and better at Predator mode. So I appreciate that, but I can't say I'm looking forward to Predator rooms. I, f- I find them deeply functional, whereas I do look forward to a good scrap still, like a room full of guys, mm, you know, yeah. you're going to drop in and you've got the combat puzzle mm. of it, um, which is interesting because I did enjoy the Predator stuff in the previous games. Mm. Unbelievable we've got this far without really talking about it because it seems to be <laughs> the thing that's most mentioned whenever this game is it comes up. It's probably the... Uh, the 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 hero new feature of the game. Obviously, they made a bigger location, and you needed to be able to get around it. And it's kind of a famous thing, and it hadn't been properly featured as a controllable element in Arkham games before. Ludo FM on the forum says, "I was surprised to find myself roadblocked by Arkham Knight when I found myself frustrated by a world that no longer felt handcrafted in its design due to." The gross overuse of the Batmobile, where the gameplay felt disconnected and contrived at the expense of what ultimately amounted to combat padding. I just lost respect for the series I loved so much. Mm. Though I found some of the initial puzzles using the Batmobile to be satisfying and refreshing within the Arkham universe, the game overly relied on the vehicle towards the latter half of the game, the final quarter of which completely soured my experience of not only the Batmobile, but the game itself. I began to resent that this title existed when its predecessors were so great. Mm. Yeah, it, it's entirely logical when you're expanding the city. Part of being Batman rather than being Spider-Man is, yes, you can you can glide around, yes, you can zip, but getting around under your own steam is not the only way that Batman has to get around. It makes sense that the Batmobile should be in here, but from almost the second moment, the first moment where you click LB jump down into the Batmobile and then go and get, so kind of get a hang for driving and get a hang for combat. And then the next thing that you do is go and pick up Poison Ivy and you have to go and do a scan of the weapon systems. And I thought they meant of the enemy vehicle, but no, no, you have to go and scan your own vehicle's weapon systems to see if they're up to snuff. And it just feels like from then on, it's just like every time I was in the Batmobile, it was like, 
oh, this is the game wanting me to do something that I'm not really enjoying. It's going to be pulling me away from the stuff I enjoy, whether it's the platforming, mm. whether it's the tank battles, whether it's taking the the Deathstroke boss fight from Origins being one of my favourite boss fights of the whole series, to hear, no, no, you fight Deathstroke, it's, yeah, it's a tank battle. It's just, does it, 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 and, and to the point where both times I played the game, I almost cheered when the Batmobile got blown up. And then Caliburn M from the forum <laughs> says, how I cheered when the Batmobile was destroyed, how and I cried so, when I'd it forgotten it comes back this time round. I'd forgotten there was another one. Unpainted. Uh, like the ridiculousness of, of, uh, Lucius Fox not only having a second Batmobile on standby but one that's slightly better and all the upgrades are which upgrade <laughs> do you want? Don't worry in 20 minutes you'll get to choose the other one what's the resource that requires me to only be able to choose one then if within 20 minutes worth of you sitting down, this is all in one night so everything's yeah. five minutes yeah. away from being completed and you're just hopping from one thing to the other, putting the finish. Yeah, that's a good nonsense. point. I hadn't considered that. I mean, that <laughs> is that is ridiculous in a, in a in a way that pleases me. I'm not sure why. That does make me happy. I'm not sure why. To get the disruptor. <laughs> oh, this isn't ready, but it'll be ready in a few hours later on tonight. Everything's yeah. ready in a few hours later on tonight. So why isn't it already now? I mean, he's a genius. Uh, yeah, it's it's <sighs> all over the shop. In 2020, we're running into video gamey, video gaminess, aren't we? With with all sorts of the, the convolutedness and the skill trees yeah. and everything, it's unfair to to criticise this game <laughs> as a sort of standout with that because, of course, tons of tons. But of without the drip games. feed of features and upgrades, we wouldn't be as compelled to continue. Yes, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I will stick up for the. I do. I don't seek out hard arcade games or shmups or, or bullet hell particularly, but I do quite enjoy them. Uh, I did. I do quite enjoy the first few tank battles in this, and then it gets a little bit. Um, it gets a little bit spicier, and you find yourself just nudging the tank just out of the of the line to yeah. turn the lines, you know, from red to blue. Even though you're totally surrounded, there there is. It's a. I feel like it's a solidly made game, essentially a game weaved within this other game. Yeah, it's impressive uh, how it's all and, just and, in there. Again, oh yeah, and we can switch from genre to genre. I mean, genre. technically speaking, there's so so much incredible work that's gone into weaving combat and all these other different gameplay things into the open world, so that it doesn't feel like completely modularized. You know. Um, or they've hidden those seams really well. And the fact that you can just kind of um, skip into the tank from driving is infuriating. And the fact that they put the brake oh. button, which is L2 in my brain, is the tank yeah. button. Now, you do brake when you turn into a tank, but it's not the brake you I want. I ended up just, um, just turning into the tank, tank to turn corners. I was going to say that. Yes. Yeah, I did yeah, the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Which is cool. I was getting, I was trophy or uh, achievement chasing towards the end uh, yeah. of my most recent playthrough. I was like, how have I not gotten the drift achievement yet? And it's because every time I hit a corner, I would just hit L2, turn to the tank <laughs> oh, and just 90 degree, and then that would do oh, it. Right. <laughs> I, I, I think this is a semantic thing, but you mentioned shmups and bullet hell. I wouldn't put these mini games in those genres whatsoever. No. These are 3D tank combat games. Right. Um, and. They're, I think they're perfectly serviceable if a little simplistic, but like our many correspondents seem to agree, it's just it's too many lot, of them yeah, and they're too lot. long. And I, yeah. I think I was, I thought I was going to come into this being the lone Batmobile defender. Um, I, I do really like 
the Batmobile section moments. of this game. Yeah. yeah. That's some fun I, moments. I do. The thing I think it highlights the most, and we talked about it, we alluded to it before when Batman's just destroying Gotham. Um, it really shows the, the, the destructible environments that they put in this game, like really yeah. well, mm. like the, the way those concrete pillars explode when you hit them with a cannon shot, like accidentally mm. or on purpose <laughs> um, is, is impressive. It looks great. I think when you, when you, you hit the weak spot on a vehicle and it, then it just tears them to shreds. I did enjoy the tank. You're just suddenly combat. playing burnout revenge yeah, exactly. in the middle of a yeah. Batman, which is like, you might not be up for that, but right. if you are, it does it pretty well, I guess. I think that the, I think that my main, my main criticism of the Batmobile comes with the controlling of, of it when you're driving. It's very floaty. Mm. Um, yeah, it, is, it yeah. doesn't have, it doesn't have the friction that the you want when you take there. a corner hard, um, so I do have criticisms of that, but it does in help general, if you learn to use a brake button, guys. If, um, <laughs> yeah. I know the controls are weird, but I, did, I actually quite, I quite, I quite enjoyed uh, handbrake drifting around corners. So the, uh, there was something really fun every time where I would just like, like you know, jackknife dive off of a corner of a building, hit the left bumper, and the Batmobile spins out under me, and I land right in it yeah. and take off. I, I, I fully enjoyed it. Some parts You're were in the middle of a, but uh, in the middle of a street fight and with a bunch of goons, and you suddenly remember, oh yeah, and yeah. it just it comes in sideways and takes them all out and electrifies yeah. them as it. I as it somehow arrives. didn't kill thousands of those guys. I would just like ninety mile per hour just slam into them. They would just get an electric shock and fall yeah. over. But yeah, um, he never yeah, kills I, them. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It was. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I really did. The drawing says the Batmobile was fun for a bit, but the forced platforming with it was yeah. a nightmare. Nutraptus says the tank combat sections feel out of place, overused, and probably the weakest aspect of the game, but I didn't find them actively unpleasant. Yeah, I would, I would go with that. Uh, Reprobate Gamer says having access to the Batmobile and having it so well integrated to both the city traversing and to combat and puzzles was great. Having to do so many side quests upon it meant it outstayed its welcome and became a chore around halfway through the game. There were just far too many times when you had to use it. Mm. But Alex79UK agrees with Brian. I really enjoyed using the Batmobile. I liked driving it around town, using it in puzzles and as a weapon during combat. I thought it injected something new into a series which had largely repeated the same, albeit highly enjoyable, format for three uh, games. Th you just... and I, Alex79, we're <laughs> going to get our own island and we're going to have tank battles. <laughs> there's just on the, on the point uh, about visibility with the graphics and the rain, driving rain and something. There's a, a chase early on with the Arkham Knight that I just found I was having a terrible time of it. I just kept hitting a wall, trying to power slide, then hitting a wall, and then suddenly everyone drives off into the distance. And I've just and it, and it encourages you, it keeps prompting you to press X to to like slam someone into a wall, and then mm. I just slam my own car into a brick, you know, into a brick wall dead end, and the whole chase stops. And I found the visibility, uh, uh, even with those flashing, you know, incredibly generous kind of flashing lights on the ground. I find Chevron, it te terrible yeah. trouble. And I, I'm Burn okay at drift. I love drift racing games. I'm okay at them. I just found it really, yeah, visibility wise, the choice of the rain, great dramatically, but it does get in the way of combat and driving at times. On the um, the puzzle aspect of it, not so much the, the Riddler style puzzles, mm. but there's a, there's a point in the game, a couple of points in the game actually, where it's, you need to use the Batmobile remotely in a cinematic section, and it, it's a puzzle. And you're in the Ace Chemicals factory the first time this happens. You've platformed the car up there. That's, I, I hated it. Um, but you've got it up there, and you get locked <laughs> into the um, 
like the the uh, operations building and the Arkham Knights outside with a group of people taunting you essentially and the Batmobile is parked behind them and you realize as they're as the Arkham Knights taunting you you realize that you have access to your remote control and can take over that yeah i mm-hmm. felt so clever for 0.1 seconds when i first played this game for realizing oh i can use the batmobile and after 0.1 seconds a prompt popped up on the screen to tell me i could use the batmobile oh, yeah. making me instantly feel like i just had that completely taken away from me completely oh. undermining there were actually a few puzzles where i got stumped until the game yeah. started prompting me in the I, in the uh, across the absolutely i get why it's whatever, there but when the prompt comes up just after you've worked it out yourself it just completely undermines the the sense of discovery you yeah, get from working yeah. that out and and like with when you're taking down the towers uh, you have to put gel into the into the um console that mm-hmm. sh- should be a moment where you have to kind of, okay, you've got to blow this up. All right, I can use my explosive gel. How am I going to use that? No, every time you walk up to one of those, it prompts you to go and change to your exp- It's like, I know. If, if you're, <laughs> you can turn the tips off. Sure, but if you're going to tell me every time, don't make me go in and change that. Just put a button prompt A to blow it up and do it automatically. Yeah, it, good it doesn't point. Need, if you want me to use the tools, let me use the tools. If you want to have to prompt yeah, me, true. just take it away and make yeah. it a contextual button prompt. There's one uh, one puzzle which uh, there's yeah there's a, there's a number of different kinds of detectiving in this game and one of them is reviewing video footage, quite an enjoyable one where you have to uh, zoom in on a portion of screen and look what keys somebody's pressed in a mirror and then transpose it in your head. But apparently, if you do get bogged down by that puzzle for too long, eventually Batman gives up and just smashes the <laughs> console in <laughs> and opens the door. <laughs> Shabba Snake from the forum says, by not awarding XP for encounters or riddles outside of missions, I ended up just rushing from mission to mission. Too often I'd enter a building to find nothing more than a single room full of goons. Gone was the exploration of asylum or cities more expansive areas like the museum and Wonder City. I also couldn't engage with the story which relied too much on allies being kidnapped or the Arkham Knight's identity. Mm. It's a shame because when it works, there is still fun to be had. On-foot combat remains a strength, especially with additions like dual takedowns and character switching. Watchtowers offer a chance to experiment with gadgets and predator abilities, and crime scene recreations were an aspect I'd like to have spent more time on. I did notice they pulled away some of the XP you used to get from like the Joker teeth or the balloons or the equivalents that were around. Yeah. Um, There was no XP being given for any of that. So despite the fact that sometimes there was a Riddler um, challenge attached to finding all of them in the room... I didn't bother because yeah. I wasn't getting something back, for, back from doing it. So I was like, oh, no, no. Are all the smashable shields, whatever they are, are they Red Hood faces oh, they're, they're or something little, on um, the walls? There's little Arkham Knight robots on the walls sometimes that you can you can yeah. shock and get to blow up. I, I, I didn't know why until I, I blew up five of them in a room and it told me I'd completed a challenge of some kind. I was like, well... No, there's. I'm talking about. I'd forgotten about those. I'm talking about these ones around the city, which are just like insignias, crests oh. on the wall, on various walls of the city, and you shoot them with the tank, and they just disappear. And then it, you see the save icon come yeah. comes up, but you get no XP, no progression. No, it's like they just put them in there. Well, Leon, I didn't just, know they were in the game. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to your map, you'll see because they yeah, get yeah, marked yeah. up on the 
as as places to waypoint but i absolutely have no idea I, what i never used the serve. map because when you're in the car it tells you where to go and no, there's that's a, there's interesting, a, a actually. point telling me where to go yeah so with asylum and, and to a certain extent city and and origins i felt like i could learn the map whereas Learn, like learn it myself mm. so that I didn't need to use the map. I knew the environment, yeah. knew where to go. That kind of talked about it with Burnout Paradise and a bunch of others. Actually learning it, GTA as well. I tend to learn the cities for mm. myself. I can't do that. It, My in, brain in doesn't this game, either. It yeah. always has a pointer, a, a marker there telling you where to go. And it always shows you where, with the chevrons on the road, where to drive. I was going to say, never needed this it. is one of the few games with this much potential map junk that has circumnavigated over using the map. So fair play to So you never see the map with um, all the stuff to do on it because you never look at the map. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been using it now yeah. while I've been mopping up, but not yeah. until this point, really. Mm. Speaking of which, so the endings are, uh, as I say, they're quite demanding So the, and potentially quite dramatic from a, even if you didn't feel emotionally engaged with the story in terms of what they mean to Batman in video games, at least at the hands of Rocksteady, is quite significant. Um, does anyone want to explain what goes on and how you get to it in brief? So the, the initial end no. of the story is it's not <laughs> gated that much at all by how much of the extra stuff you've done. I got to the end of the Arkham Knight Scarecrow story uh, at about yes. 45% completion i think i was and i'd done very yes. little of the yeah. other stuff i did the one introductory mission for whatever it was the riddler or whatever i had to do and then kind of just because i was replaying it for this i wanted to see the story and got to the end of the story completed beat scarecrow had, had dealt with arkham knight had expunged joker from batman's brain um and there is a voiceover with uh alfred saying um now that Batman's identity is known, Scarecrow revealed, or Scarecrow got Bruce Wayne to reveal himself. Um, Bruce realizes he has to enact the Nightfall Protocol. Just says that to Alfred. Alfred knows what it means. Says, "Are you sure?" And then you find out that Batman has some stuff he has to clear up before he can do that. Which is of the like ten or so different um, most wanted missions, not including the ones added in DLC, just the ones in the main game, you have to complete seven of them. So seven of the most wanted criminals have to be locked up before Batman can enact the Nightfall Protocol. So although you've completed the story, you don't get credits. Uh, and if you're like me, you then look at an awful large number of side stuff you have to do in order yeah. to... And trying to work out, okay, which has got the fewest number of pips on the completion bar, that's probably going to be the easiest to complete. Yeah trying to work out which seven I could get done to get to the Nightfall Protocol ending. Apparently, if you have the DLC, you can t those, they those don't, count They towards... weren't for me. Uh, so I, I immediately I oh, went, okay, here's some okay. stuff I haven't done. Uh, went and did the, the Mad Hatter one, went and did the Mr. Freeze one, still said seven oh. to all. Um, uh, oh. Maybe that's... Uh, so I was playing on the Epic version. The DLC was built into that. It wasn't extra mm. download it was just built into the game it was added in free afterwards but when i downloaded it, it was all there uh, okay. it wasn't counting for me because i thought that would be four extra bits of stuff to see that would knock four off and it didn't work so that was frustrating <laughs> yeah the, no. the 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 real ones that like i focused on and it's hard it's and and we have some correspondence coming up dealing with it like like it's really tough to like put the player in that position to be like well i want to see the yeah. ending but I don't want to do 400 of these towers. Yeah. So like, okay, man bet. I've only got two, two pips left. Uh, the, the, um, 
Two-Face. Okay, he only three robs banks. three yeah, banks. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that one. Firefly, there's four, I think four chases or three. I Something, can't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, so three. you really do make those decisions if you're not willing to engage with the yeah. other stuff. And then you look at the Riddler one and you just laugh because I love the Riddler trophies. I really do. I love the puzzles. I think having to design that many of those and fit them into a game is like a, like an achievement Absolutely, in and of yeah, itself. Yeah. Like yeah, entire great, puzzle yeah. games like could be made based on these Riddler challenges. But yeah, sure. But like I'm not if I just want to see the credits and then either move on to something else and or, yeah. or or just yeah. to be done with the game, you're not going to put all that time no. into doing that. So mm. you you got to make those decisions. So the differences between the endings are effectively that either way, uh, if you if you complete uh, if you partially complete, yeah, the, in, uh, in Act Nightfall Protocol with the minimum seven most wanted complete yes. locked away, yeah. yeah. Batman ends ends basically uh, probably fakes his own demise along with the mansion and Alfred, and that's as far as it goes. If you then press on and do everything else, including all those Riddler trophies, you get a bit more. And there's a cutscene which is obviously highly reminiscent of what happened with the Waynes back in the day, the origin of Batman uh, in an alley. And uh, and then the crooks are saying, yeah, there's no Batman to save you now. And then a shadowy dark figure appears and basically the crook says, I'm not scared of you. The Batman's over. Uh, but then it kind of transforms into a fiery, demonic, tall thing and lunges at them. And I think it's rather stylishly done. And obviously it's just left a lot of speculation as to who it could be. It could be uh, Azrael, who I also wanted to credit the voice actor of Carrie Payton, who's... Uh, Ezekiel in The Walking yep. Dead and uh, Cyborg in uh, DC animated stuff. He's got an absolutely amazing yep. voice. Um, the suggestion is that he could, because you have to have 100%ed his mm-hmm. run to get to this point, and he may be the taking up the, the baton yep. of Gotham's protector. Uh, I'm not sure what the other theories uh, are. Well, that's a that's a that's a plot line in the Nightfall comics arc, right. where yep. um, Bane breaks batman's back and and that's obviously comes up in the dark knight rises and there's a mm. lot of these things get get recycled yeah. don't they and then uh, azrael yeah. takes over for a for a, a hot minute and he's rubbish at being <laughs> batman so <laughs> um i mean so my reading on that ending when i saw it first time around when i first played the game um was has Bruce Wayne really come back to be batman and decided that using the scarecrow fear toxin is in any way actually acceptable morally to do. (laughs) It does rather look like visually when the Scarecrow is injected with his own fear toxin at the end, the the colour palette and the the bat imagery. And it's very similar similar to when um, Batman is depicted to those who've been infected with Scarecrow toxin in Batman Begins uh, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Fire behind uh, the riding horse. Exactly. Uh, so it yeah. pulls from that a little bit as well. Um, and and the answer is there's so many people who Batman has who could take over from him. But there's also, actually, if people think Bruce Wayne's dead and can't find him anywhere, why can't he just go back to being Batman? There's no reason he well, should yeah. have to, uh, to stay away. So Yeah, there's an argument that he could just carry yeah. on anyway. Um, Very strange yes, ending. They, they, they make a... In the, in the post-game stuff, uh, or sort of post-game, post-main story stuff, everyone knows your identity and they're kind of talking about it 
Yeah. They're sort of saying, yeah. oh, we know who you are now, rich boy. But they're still all, you can still make them all um, terrified and, of you and do a multi-fear Yeah, there's, takedown. Uh, there's comments to that effect. But also, um, so I didn't complete, obviously, any of the side missions. Um, so the Penguin one, the Gunrunner, um, you are interacting with yeah. Nightwing throughout. And I didn't complete that until after, obviously, everyone knew Bruce was Bruce. And uh, Batman actually says to Nightwing at the end of that, this is going to be goodbye. I assume that's different before versus after. Um, right. and, and it is yeah. one of those, you know, he is starting to try and close off and let people know he's not going to be doing this anymore. Um, I don't I don't think it is different because oh, okay. I, I finished that before the main story and he so still says, says this is goodbye. And and Dick says, he said, you can, you'll never be able to get rid of me or, yeah. you know, don't be. Yeah, he makes a joke yeah, yeah. and then kind of okay. scurries off. I assumed but, it was um, different, but. Yeah. yeah, no, I think I think right. it was the same. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Caliburn M from the forum says forcing the player to complete side activities to finish the game is an absolute abomination. <laughs> I mean, what's finished, I suppose, is 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 the argument. But yes, to to even get to a credit roll, you have to do a bit more than you might expect. Maybe I don't know. Reprobate Gamer says in Arkham City, once you got to the story ending, it still provided a narrative reason for Batman to remain and clear out anything not already completed. But with Arkham Knight, the ending meant you really couldn't. I also I'd intuited how Batman would resolve the Joker and Scarecrow threads long before that point. So the switch towards the end and its resolution lacked some of the impact I think Rocksteady may have been aiming for. Mm. <clears throat> There's a kind of moral rights argument about like you've got to credit the people who worked on the game to the most number of players or the players who are going to reach an ending, the ending of the story. So, so I mean, that's a tiny point. It's a silly point, really. But the it's such a video gamey video game that that gap between potentially ending the story and properly, quote unquote, ending the yeah, story feels that that disconnect between them again can't say that this game's the only one to do it the only open world game to do it but it it kind of speaks to maybe i just think if they could go back i'm sure every game designer feels like this if they could go back and change something or or tweak something that's one of the things that they would i mean very, no. very simply, why not gate the story behind completing a certain amount of some of the side missions you can't unlock until you like um, some of the um, season of infamy. You have to have twenty seven percent completion, so you have to have got to a certain point of completion of the game before it unlocks that stuff. They could do that with the story. GTA does that. Uh, I've made mention of Red Dead Redemption. I, I had an issue with the way that they handled unlocking certain missions and when. You can do that. You could say, okay you're not going to the point where the city gets gassed until you've done enough side stuff. Narratively, yeah. how does that work? Well, you can just not provide the next mission to do and the player would yeah. have to do it. Right. Because this is a very mm. strange way of doing it where I'd completed the narrative because I was mainlining that and then just had to churn away for like 10 hours before I could get to the Nightfall ending. <laughs> yeah. That's not satisfying for anyone. It certainly isn't what the developers wanted my experience to be. I, I assume. Yeah, the last thing so. you want, or at least the last thing I want when I'm ending a game, like you're kind of like riding that, you know, that hill downward, you know, you know yeah, you're getting to the end, you get, you get that mission prompt, like, hey, you're not going to be able to return from this mission, all that stuff, and then and then to get to the end, be like, ah, well, just do a bunch of other stuff first. That There, there is a screeching halt yeah. aspect to that that is not, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't feel good. 
Gingertastic01 says, It is clear that this was a labour of love for Rocksteady, as the amount of detail and love they've placed in the environments and side stories is astonishing. As a Batman fan, I really appreciated all the references and nods they managed to weave into the game, whether it was spotting the grey ghost posters in the environment or slowly unravelling the Hush side quest. And let's not forget the introduction of the Man Bat, which had me reaching for a new pair of pants. <laughs> the overall story was a little disappointing in the end, however. Arkham's Arkham Knight's true identity and story beats were a bit predictable, and it ended up being a bit of a damp squib when compared to what came before. The DLC is also great, and although it was fairly pricey at launch, you can pick it up in a sale these days, pretty cheap. Not to be missed for the Arkham fans out there. We don't have time to go in depth we've already mentioned the dlc a little but i think a little bit of it is a prequel that involves barbara gordon yep. yeah that's the the i can't remember the exact something about a matter family. of family um and it's not uh, yeah. but it's not just her it's her and yeah, robin tim drake's robin yeah. um uh-huh. and it is it is like a mini kind of arkham asylum kind of trap you in a in a spooky fairground inexplicably on this weird island that you can only get to by cable car very video gamey <laughs> And it's just one of the more forgettable DLCs I've ever played. I I personally have a bit of a thing against story DLC. Um, I'm very happy with DLC quills where they're a bigger game, you know, Death of the Outsider, that kind of thing. But here, um, and I, I felt this way with Arkham City with the, the Harley Quinn stuff, I just think the design isn't as good. The, the story isn't meaningful. Yeah. What's the point? What what yeah. is the point of having and, made and this at all? And mission-wise, it's a little bit of a rehash of the Ace Chemicals sequence from the main game, where you have to find, mm, you have to identify okay. the location of three hostages, three sets of hostages, and then go and deal with enemies in different places. And it's broken up with defusing bombs, and it leads you through the the sort of um, the funfair aspect of it a little bit well, but it doesn't. It just gives you a chance to see Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. And maybe the moment when Joker realised he was going to uh, go after Barbara Gordon because he's he's kidnapped Commissioner Gordon. Um, but yeah, fairly insubstantial. A, a lot of the other stuff was just combat rooms and their variations on Batman's combat. I got that from the main game with Nightwing and, and Robin and that worked for me. Um, the, the Season of Infamy stuff adds four extra characters just sort of mini uh, arcs uh, like Victor Freeze. It, it closes off his narrative from City, uh, that kind of thing. I think those are the the best aspects of this DLC because they fit into the main game as well, and you can almost just treat them as extra stuff to do in the main game. Uh, and and narratively, mm. I thought they were quite uh, quite good. I enjoyed them. It, it does make it does make me think. Just a side thought. I kind of in a parallel universe, I would have quite liked a Batman game or the final thing in a series. Instead of all these characters being playable, and this is a criticism, I guess, of Arkham City as well. Instead of all these side characters being locked off and gated and the Catwoman levels you can't play unless you buy the game new. All of that kind of thing. Why can't I just play a Batman game where I can play as all the different characters and swap between them and have it be in the main game? Why does it all have to be chopped up and yeah. sprinkled on Because it would be incredibly difficult to make. <laughs> but, and you, but they made it. And then, uh, well, not really. Yeah, okay, f- that's absolutely fair enough. It's a selfish because the environments have to be designed around the characters, or they all have to be identically. Well, uh, and and in this, they basically are. Uh, Harley Quinn yeah. has her version of detective. Mo- it's yeah. weird. It, I, like it's it's bizarre to be honest. I I don't mean like set them free in Gotham, 
but just to be able to play as yeah. them in more enclosed spaces. Because if there's anything that the the series does well across it, or certainly City and Asylum, is is those tighter spaces, those tighter rooms and buildings and you know, working through a sequence of predator room and then combat room and, and that yeah. being feeling quite a satisfying pace of game. I think you can wear different character yeah. skins in the And, and in I suppose Marvel's film. Avengers will be a test of whether how of how well that works because that is going to jump yeah. between different characters who do play very differently. So it, it's happening. But. Oh yes, Marvel's Avengers that's gonna definitely one hundred percent come out in September, I have no <laughs> doubt. One hundred percent, yeah. So apart from PlayStation 4s, uh, or PSVR, I should say, uh, Arkham VR, and that also came to Windows, the uh, brief but well-regarded, well-received VR experience from Rocksteady featuring Batman, that's been it. Um, There were some, as we mentioned, there were some tie-in novels and graphic novels as well, but now I suppose we wonder what's next given the end of this game. A curious time because Warner Brothers Montreal, who are responsible for Origins, uh, there is a rumour and speculation that they are going to announce a new Batman game on PS5. Meanwhile, as almost as soon as that story came out, there's also a report that AT&T, the parent company of Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment, are looking to sell. And there's uh, various uh, speculation between, is it Microsoft uh, possibly interested or people are just... Anyway, yeah, suggesting big enough to be able to afford that, your Activision, Take your, Two, yeah, EA, yeah. Blizzard, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so we don't know. They might continue the Warner Brothers label. I assume they'd inherit all the the rights and licenses. For Rocksteady, though, it has been reported somewhere. I just read this in a place called SmallScreen.co.uk. Rocksteady is working on another DC Comics video game away from Batman. Yeah. So mm. we shall see. Superman 64, the remake. <laughs> oh, yeah. HD remaster, 4K. Ludo FM says, whereas Arkham Asylum forced a player to reimagine its physical environments through a Metroidvania-inspired design, Arkham City encouraged its player to explore a borderline open world, a brim with secrets. Arkham Knight sacrifices the best of both of those approaches, offering a meagre experience that navel-gazes more than it innovates. I can't for a moment be convinced to believe in a hallucinogenic Joker or care less about endless waves of the Arkham Knight's drones. I think Rocksteady is a victim of their own genius in this regard, though I think that there is a potential future for this series where Rocksteady balances out the Batmobile, integrating the lessons learned where it doesn't get in the way of the brilliant action of the original games. But more positively, Alex79UK says, I really had a great time playing Arkham Knight. It looked pretty, had great combat and gadgets as we've come to expect from the series, and just really felt it was a worthy addition to the Batman universe. Really looking forward to the next one. And in but three words from Twitter, we have these reviews. Gareth Burningham says, seriously, why Bat Tank? Chess Wizard says, too much Batmobile. One of the (laughs) Bat's uh, lesser known (laughs) enemies there, Chess Wizard. (laughs) Alex79UK says, Batmobile is fine. Buskalili says, actually not bad. Chris Moyce says, overblown but solid. Rob Foster UK, more is less. Ellis Net YT, I guess, says, Scarecrow is underutilized. Scott Lamond says, justified Joker inclusion. Reprobate Gamer says, unsatisfying series finale. Uh, Justin Howard says, a satisfying conclusion. <laughs> Contra- <laughs> contradictorily. <laughs> 
And Bearfish Pie says, Super Ridleyo card. <laughs> Connor Hawk says, Man Bat Jump Scare. <laughs> sure was. Right. Brief summaries then. Recommend or not. And overall feelings. I'll just go. I think, yeah, I think I know who's most positive. I'm going to say, let's go with James first. Uh, so I picked this for my uh, game this year, and it was off the back of having covered Arkham Origins last year, which is a game I really liked. I went back to, and it's definitely aged. Um, I didn't enjoy this game when I first played it. I found that it had been pushed technologically, but narratively in atmosphere, in tone, it just missed the mark for me badly, and pacing was all over the place. Um, but I wanted to go back to it because... Um, I'd played Spider-Man um, when it came out, really enjoyed that, but recognised what it owed to the Arkham Asylum series or the Arkham series. Um, I do have a bit of a chip on my shoulder because this is referred to as the 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 completion of Rockstar Rocksteady's oh, Freudian slip Rocksteady's um, mm -hmm. uh, Arkham trilogy, and it's not a trilogy to me. Arkham Origins is my second favourite of these games, and this game just shows me that adding more and more and more to it without having what feels to me like a clear direction of where they want to go and what they want to say about the character and about the situations they put him in just left me empty. I really wanted to find out that it was just I was in a bad mood when I played this first time round, and I didn't. I, I didn't from the off. My notes read far more negatively than I've portrayed my emotions today. Um and it's something I didn't say on the Spider-Man show. I think it, I find that a breath of fresh air compared to this. And it's because the character for the faults that that game has with how it represents police and how it represents heroism. Peter Parker is hopeful and Bruce Wayne Batman is not. It's, it, I find it very difficult to get through and to enjoy this character in this representation of him. Um, so for me, People are eager to see what Rocksteady's got next. I'm, I'll be intrigued, but I'm far more interested in what WB Montreal have to say about Batman and about DC, the, this DCS Arkham Universe, or whatever they do next of its Court of Owls or whatever. Um, I'm far more interested in what they have to say because I enjoyed their game a lot more than than this. Um, I, I would recommend trying it if if you've not played it and you've probably got access to it somewhere. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I find this bloated and uh, quite turgid to play, to be honest, sadly. Okay. Bloated and turgid. Thomas, how about you? Um, <clears throat> I've also played Spider-Man recently. I really enjoyed that. And it's brighter and more hopeful. And the technically, obviously, coming three years later, uh, just, you know, breathtaking the city in that there are people in this, that city. It's It's populated. It's just an entirely different vision of a yeah. superhero. I, I, and you could say that's also Marvel versus DC as well, the kind of the overall state of where they're at currently with their current incarnations of the mm. characters. So going back to Batman Arkham Knight, it, it's strange because it, it actually maps onto a little bit how I feel about the Christopher Nolan films in that uh, for me, Arkham Asylum is a is a solid you know, reinvention and lays a lot of groundwork. I know lots of people love that and find it to be the peak of the series. And then the Dark Knight and Arkham City for me are the real kind of 
those are the ones that I'll go back to again and again and again. I don't have to watch the film before or the film after particularly as often. I don't have to play Arkham Asylum. I don't think I want to play Arkham Knight uh, as often as I will want to go back to Arkham City. Um, and as I've said, like going back to this now, it's just grim. There's a nastiness to the violence and the plot points. It's treatment of women or the, the few women that are in it. Catwoman's locked up. Poison Ivy is wearing a ridiculously an unjustified skimpy outfit. Yeah. And has almost, you know, I don't know. I haven't got to her later scenes again in this replay. So I can't remember how much she has later in the plot of actual screen time, meaningful screen time. But the way Oracle's treated is is not good writing for me um so the game has problems there we talked a lot about police uh, and violence in general uh, that that sort of leaves a sour taste in, in the mouth as a game as a video gamey video game you punch things the combat's great i enjoy i do enjoy aspects of the 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 batmobile and the tank stuff so i can recommend it to someone who likes to collect stuff you know <clears throat> who enjoyed the earlier Arkham games if they, for some reason, haven't played this. But it's difficult to recommend it versus something like Spider-Man. And it's also difficult to kind of pass... uh, uh, It's difficult to say... I I would always say, I think, to someone, go and play Arkham City. It's more fun. It's more comic booky. It's more jaunty. It's still got the great design of Asylum and so on and so forth. This one feels like they're doing too much. It's too dark and it just kind of gets away from itself. And overall, if if they could take a razor blade to it and just cut away some things, I think what remained would be more enjoyable. Uh, but as it is, it's a bit of a blancmange. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with most of the criticisms levelled so far, but I think I am more positive than both James and Thomas. Um, in terms of actually finding a lot of the the gameplay and the yeah the effort and craft that's gone into the game kind of just does about enough to elevate it to something that I've had a good time with. I really didn't like the first few hours, but now I'm playing it in the the late game or post game really with all the abilities and the skills and my my personal skills of of uh you know refound them and added a few more after coming into it off the back of spider-man and finding batman very clunky and heavy and a lot of the times i was doing the old assassin's creed thing of just running into walls and bouncing off things and there are still a few technical issues like you know you tell the game you want to do a really cool glide kick diving attack and batman will just get caught on something in halfway and you could argue that's your <laughs> fault but uh but it's the sort of thing that um i don't know it, it there's these little moments which kind of make you realize that this game the the fundamentals the core experience does have its roots in them probably the mid 2000s when they started making batman arkham asylum as wonderful as as that is and i enjoyed it yeah mainly it's the grim and gritty tone the and and the the yeah, the lack of warmth and heart in the story there's a lot of villains but perhaps none of them are really used to their fullest extent the joker that's in it isn't perhaps really the joker as such so but yes oh there's so much we've talked about it a lot already there's a lot to talk about i would kind of i i, I 
I appreciate and understand the sort of critical consensus, which is that it's perhaps not up there with its two predecessors for me either. But uh, but there's still a lot in there to like. There's just way too much tank combat, I think, for a Batman game, <laughs> personally speaking. Uh, let's finish with Brian. Kane and Rince is not the the place for me, Brian Edwards's personal politics. Um, you can find that at my Twitter feed if you really want to seek that out. And this is certainly not be the first Kane and Rince that I've been accused of being an SJW, you know, bleeding heart afterwards. Um, but I will say that playing this game during this particular time period has been very difficult um, for a number of yeah. reasons. And I went into them earlier. I don't need to get into it again for for the sake of brevity and not repeating myself, but. If you are somebody who can disconnect um, uh, from current events and play and view this strictly as just a video game, I do think it has merit as a video game. I, I like the combat. I like the systems. I like the Riddler stuff. I like the the Batmobile. I'm generally pretty positive on games like this anyway. Open world games are my favorite type of games. I'm a collector guy. So this has a lot going for me in general. I think the story is the weakest of its of of the franchise, um, and I do think that it has some real issues that Thomas said about how the way the game treats women. I do think it has uh, issues with narrative where things just don't make as much sense and don't have as much cohesion as the other games uh, as the other games in the series that that I've liked. But I do think there's enough there to play and enjoy. I didn't hate my time with this game. Um, <laughs> they and <laughs> I know it's not really a ringing endorsement, but. Video games are a release for a lot of us, myself included. I really use video games as a way to manage my anxiety, to d- to literally detach from the real world and mm. go to a place where I'm focused on something that, that makes me happy or, or at least brings me some sort of relief from the everyday woes that we all have. Um, Batman Arkham Knight might not be the game for that right now. Um, it may be the game for that in six months. And if you're somebody who can really separate and do that, it might be the game for you right now. I can recommend this as a video game, but as from a slice of culture right now in the times that we live in i cannot say that it's something that i think would be great for everybody to play right now in our current situation the same way i don't think the last of us 2 which releases next week will be great for everybody in our current situation um if you can turn your brain off from current events and view it strictly as a batman story and a batman game i think you'll have a blast uh i just wouldn't hold it up to the par of the previous entries um but if you're someone who will be bothered by current events in the pop culture that you are consuming outside of the news, you might take some umbrage with the game. So um, I would just uh, recommend it with those caveats. Well said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. There's a lot of Arkham chat. That is now the Arkham series covered on the Kane and Rince podcast. Listen to the box set. Why don't you? But it remains for me, Leon, to thank Brian, James and Tom, as well as all of our correspondents and to you for listening. The next time in issue 424, delayed from last year, we have the Shovel Knight DLC show. Shovel of Hope, Plague of Shadows, Spectre of Torment, King of Cards. And I just wanted to say, uh, because of the time we're recording this, June the 14th, 2020, uh, we're going to dedicate this podcast to the memory of legendary Batman writer and editor Denny O'Neill, who passed away on June the 11th. 